Well, friends, this is According to Callus. However, this is going to be a special presentation. This is going to be the debate that was put on by the Constitutional Texans on January 17th. This is part one. Part two will follow. There will be approximately a one-minute overlap between both um, recordings. So please enjoy. Uh, use it to educate so that you can make the best decision for who is going to be representing us, potentially, in HD61 in Collin County, Texas. Thank you. You know, I never had my name mispronounced until I moved to Texas. And being 35 miles north of Dallas, you would think it's self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those damn Yankees. I know. But I had an anchor baby, so you can't send me back. <laughs> I, I came to Texas to be a Texan, and I left Wisconsin and Wisconsin, where the rest of the socialists are. So I would, at this time, like to invite... All three candidates to come take a seat. Okay, so we are Constitutional Texans. We have a couple other clubs that have uh, joined in to support them. I believe uh, Kobe's already covered that. So um, I apologize, we've had multiple technical delays as well as a bottleneck up front. So we are a little behind schedule. So I am going to jump right into it. So before we start the debate, each candidate's gonna get three minutes to introduce themselves and say why you should vote for them. Um, I have no particular order, so I guess we'll say first man to stand goes first. I guess he said stand, I don't know. <laughs> Stand. But, but, I, right. but, I, but I got it, Stephen, uh, and I get it right, Callis. Uh, my name is Frederick Frazier, and let me see if I can get this mic to get up here. Uh, my name is Frederick Frazier. I uh, live here in McKinney, obviously, uh, running for HD61. I've been sitting on city council for the last couple of years. Um, worked real hard to win that race. Uh, had some great met, actually met some great people running that race. Uh, and we, we know we've, we've built a family here in McKinney. We started with, in 2008. Um, I know my son's around here passing out. You can't miss him. There's no DNA test there. So <laughs> we, he's passing out uh, flyers for us, our push cards. But we moved here to McKinney from, from, uh, from Plano is because we wanted to be in the school systems here, to be 100% to be honest with you. We ended up building a home here. We built, ended up building more than a home when we moved here. Uh, moved here during the recession. We found out real fast there was a lot of work to be done in a recession. The city actually needed a lot of help. Our area needed a lot of help. I uh, jumped in hands first because that's the only thing I know what to do, or feet first, however you want to say it. feels like butt first, but we jumped in to help the city because they had a park system that was next to us that needed some work. Uh, it, it needed a lot of work. I got involved with that, started getting involved with the leadership McKinney. I learned a lot, learned a lot from that going through that, that system for a year. Um, I mean, got involved in our school systems, got involved in our school systems with our children, became our president of our Cougar Dads Club. We do have a Cougar Dads Club here in McKinney. Uh, and uh, I've seemed like the longest reigning Cougar Dad member in history since our children are so split up. But, you know, going through that system with your children and your family and understanding what the community needs and listening to the community and being a person that the community actually listens to 
because you can get things done, and then running for council, then making a lot of changes on council that, you know, you wanted to see. We wanted to see lower taxes. We wanted to figure out how to do that. We hadn't done that in 25 years, so 26 years at the time. Uh, we figured out our commercial was upside down from our residential. We got in there and, and started messing with that and fixed it. Uh, noticed our roads need more mobility. We fi figured out how to fix that. Uh, we figured out how the park system works, how green space, everything's going to go north. We figured out that. You know, and then you watch these, these, uh, these races come up, and I've been working in Austin for so long doing bills for law enforcement, I understand what happens there. I understand where we need help on our border. I understand where we need help on our property tax. I understand what, what all those facets mean to a community, especially one of the fastest growing communities in America is sitting right here. I want to be that person for you in Austin. I want to be that voice for you in Austin. I want to be able to lead the charge for you in Austin. I know I could get it done. I know I can do it, and I know I could do it with your support. So that's me, and I know I've, if I got my three minutes or not, but I think I probably got right at it. But uh, is that my bell? Thank you. So I was pretty close. So anyway, thank you all for being here. I know coming out on a Monday night, especially on a holiday night, is a lot. But thank you all for being here. It means a lot. Okay, uh, we were going to do a snap poll beforehand, but that was one of our technical snafus. So we're going to go ahead and do our snap poll at the end. There will be two questions, so you'll just scan it, and I'd ask you to answer the questions as best you can. If you need a moment to get your mic situation <laughs> solved here, oh, please do. No, it's okay. We're good. It's okay. okay, next up, we're please good. stand. We're good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Chabot, running for Texas State Rep. I uh, first want to acknowledge uh, my colleagues. Uh, great to be up here with you this evening. I've learned a lot uh, from listening uh, to you and going door to door talking uh, to voters like all of you. I will say that uh, this is pretty surprising to watch you all come out here on a Monday night. There's like 10 different Republican clubs meeting tonight, right? There's a precinct meeting. I came from Plano. So for you all to come out to this, uh, to hear the commonalities or differences between us three, I think it's important so we can look at similarities, see where we have common ground and where we have policy differences. And I really believe in uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, commandment. When we look at our party out here, I always encourage us to uh, not fight, but to find common ground on how we can strengthen um, our resolve for the great state of Texas. I'm not a native Texan. In fact, how many here were not born in Texas? Raise your hands. Look around this room, lady. And why did you come to Texas? Probably for the same reasons uh, I did. Look, I was uh, born and raised in California, but the military has taken me around the world from Japan to Iraq to Australia. Worked in the White House, lived in Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina. And I have seen what can happen to a once great red state like Texas or like California when you have policies that begin to dismantle family networks. A state now that largely pushes out the middle class and your working class families to red states for a safety, for haven. Mr. Frazier talked about his kids for good schools. Absolutely, that's critical. We're coming to Texas because Texas represents the last best hope for our nation. Our values are under attack. When you look at what's happening along the world today, whether it's Australia shutting down or certain states, we are in some challenges. And so I pledge to you to take my experience, having moved here from the socialist state of California, to make sure that we never allow those policies 
to dismantle the great state of Texas. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we lose Texas, we literally do lose the United States of America. It is here now. The fight is here. Thank you very much. God bless you, and I appreciate being here. Good evening. My name is Jim Herblin, and people are always asking me, well, Herblin, why are you running? And the main reason I'm running is because we keep sending people to Austin who don't do what we ask them to do. And there are people. There are Republican people. They all have the R behind their name. They tell you they're conservative. They go to church. Um, they're fiscal conservatives. They're popular people, but they go to Austin, and they fold like a deck of cards. And we can't afford to have that anymore. we got to send people to Austin who are going to make a difference. And, and to be quite frank with you, we're about out of time. Okay, we're at a crossroads. It's not the left versus the right anymore. It's not the old Ronald Reagan days and Tip O'Neill when they would, you know, fuss during the day and then at night they'd get their wives and go to dinner. Oh, no. That is not what it's about. This is good versus bad. This is capitalism versus communism. Capitalism versus socialism. Socialism, excuse me. Uh, we have Marxism. Okay, this is God versus the devil. That's where we are. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just letting you know that's the deal. And it's time we elect people that are going to take a stand. I'm a forensic CPA by trade, so I spend my days uh, working as an expert witness. I testify in the courtroom. I deal with lawyers, so you can pray for me. I do that all the time. Um, um, but the best thing with me is I sat on a school board back in the 90s as a Richardson ISD board, and I stood against the majority. And the majority included Democrats, Republicans, city council people, the whole establishment that goes with the power bases in these cities. I voted against federal free lunch program in 1992 when it first came out. It wasn't popular. I voted against sex education. I voted against the budget. Okay? I even listened to parents, and we tried to get some books removed from the library, a problem we have today right here in McKinney and in Prosper and in Frisco. It needs to happen, but we have to send people who are going to stand. You don't have to roll the dice with me. I've done it. I've got the experience. It's not fun. It's like going to your family gathering and you want to talk about politics, but you can't. It's that pressure that you feel. You want to be in the club. I promise I will work for the little people, and that's all of us in this room. The big people are the big people. The little people are who I want to represent and who I will stand for you if I go to Austin. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to have four rounds of questions. The first round are going to be short answer. The second round is going to be yes, no. The third round, each candidate will get to, each, or to ask two questions. Now, they can choose to ask the two opposing candidates a question, or they can ask one opposing candidate two questions. That's up to them. That's why they have notepads up here. The fourth part will be questions from the audience. So to that, we have note cards on the back by the offering box. There are a few pens there. So I trust, as adults, all carry pens and pencils with us. So please grab a three by five card. When you fill them out, you're going to hand them to those two fellows back there. Jim, wave your hand. Okay, you're gonna go hand it to Jim. He and his partner there, Dan, are gonna look through them. They're gonna find the four, the four or five, maybe six most inflammatory questions there. I'm just kidding. Uh, and they're going to bring them up to me. 
and I will read them verbatim unless I don't quite understand it, in which case I'll do my best. Now, ground rules. Every candidate up here deserves our respect because having been a candidate, there are things about it that really stink. There are things that are really great when you win, but I haven't done that yet. So, <laughs> uh, but that being said, so we need to treat them with respect. We need to be honorable of the work that they're putting into this. And we can applaud. We cannot applaud. I would prefer there's no booing, but I have no control over you. We are, after all, a free republic still. So that being said, let's get started. All right, question number one. This is a yes-no question. And we will start on the far end this time. Jim? Do you believe Governor Abbott exceeded his constitutional authority? Yes or no? I do. He exceeded it. Yes or no? Yes. Thank you. Paul? Yes. Frederick? I do. But there's a lot more to that. Okay. Again, yes or no? <laughs> Number two, will you support a full constitutional carry bill? I will support it. Yes. Or no? Paul, you're up. Yes. Yes. Okay. Number three. Will you support replacing the current Speaker of the House? Paul, you can go first. Yes. Jim? Yes. I mean, I guess these are all trick questions. Uh, uh, no. I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh Will you support allowing a referendum to go to the people, noting that it would be non-binding, which means that the people get to have their say, but the legislature is not bound to act on it? Text it. Yes. Can you, can you repeat yeah, that, that question? Like that will you support a bill that will allow for a referendum which would be non-binding to go to the people to vote on whether or not they want Texit. Yes. Texit. Oh, yes. Okay. Last question. Will you vote for a speaker that would place Democrats in committee chairmanships? Yes or no? I think uh, you're first, Frederick. Yeah. Yes. No. No. Frederick, you're just to make sure you heard the question correctly. Yeah, you're just, it's going to be impossible. Okay, fair enough. Just want to be fair. Okay. Now we have a short answer question or word associations. Five words or less is the goal. So when I say the role of government, you say... Go ahead, Paul. <coughs> limited. We're more than one word, but uh, limited. No, I, I'm going to repeat the same word, limited. Very limited. <laughs> Fair enough. Very, very, very. Come here, Frederick, get in on this. Very, all right, all right. So, so we have all limited government people. Okay, very good. All right. Number two, the Tenth Amendment. 
The Tenth Amendment. Five words or less, word association. What does it mean? We should enforce it. Texas should. Paul, go ahead. Um, states' rights. Okay. States' rights and it should be enforced. Fair enough. Good. SCOTUS. Go ahead. Should not be political. Frederick? Yeah, that's, that's all over the place these days, right? It, it, it's... It, it needs to be less partisan than it is. Less partisan. Gotcha. Go ahead. It needs to do the right thing. Fair enough. Okay. Build the wall. Now. <laughs> Frederick or Jim? It should have been built 50 years ago. I mean, we all know that. We, this invasion Five is words. already coming. Thank you. Strong and tall. In regards to the supremacy clause, this is going to be three choices. The supremacy clause should apply to all federal law, some federal law, or very few federal laws. So your three choices are all, some, or few. Who would like to go first? I'll go first, but I need to correct you on that respectfully. Uh, there's another option here, and that is so long as it does not conflict with federal law, and that's my stance, and I can't deviate from that. So that's federal law I'm referring to. In the Supremacy Clause, the federal law... S state, states may enact their own laws so long as they don't conflict with federal law. So all federal laws are supreme, correct? So long as they do not conflict with, with state law. No, no. Oh. All federal laws are supreme. Is that your? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, my position is that Texas law should rule over U.S. law when the U.S. violates its commitment to the states. I think that was a little over five words, but I'll have to allow it. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Jim there. That's exactly how I feel about it. Fair enough. Okay. If elected, what would be the first bill you would file when able? Five words or less. HB3. Well, you said five words or less. Um, for like the purposes <laughs> of this and some that don't know what HB3 is, please elaborate. I'll give you the allowance. Well, we have to go back and fix our property taxes. HB3 is the reason why your property taxes are where they're at today, to date. And so HB3 that was two sessions ago is the reason we're, we're in the spot we're at. So we have to go back and, and repeal that bill and peel it back even further to find that money. The state's got to come up with the money. Okay. So just... For confusion purposes, that was the law that limited the ability of the cities to do certain things with the tax structure, correct? No, no. Okay. That, so, Robin Hood. So, okay, so you're talking about the school funding. Fair enough. Okay, just wanted to be clear. Okay. Go ahead, Paul. How many words? Five? Yeah. That's the goal. Oh, um, we need to activate our National Guard to secure the border. So. No, no. You got it. Okay. Good. 
education, we need to clean it up. Okay. So just in case you all haven't figured it out, this was to allow you all the time to write down your own questions. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for playing along. I do have one last final question, and this is for fun. So by a show of fingers, the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution outlines how many specific rights? Just don't, don't answer, just hold up the number of fingers that you think it is. The First Amendment, only the First Amendment. Okay, so you got five, you got four. What do you got down there, Jim? Ten. Ten. That's a long First Amendment, buddy. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Mr. Frazier got it correct. It is five. Please look it up if you have the time. Okay, next question is going to be, uh, in the third round here. So we're going to allow a minimum, or no more than one minute to ask a question of your opponent. Your opponent will be given two minutes to answer and an additional 30 seconds if there's no uh, objection from the other candidates to finish a thought. And then a 30-second rebuttal if necessary. Is that clear, guys? Say, say one more time. Okay. So you will be allowed up to one minute to ask a question of your opponent. You're going to be allowed two questions. So you can ask one question of each opponent or two of one opponent. Your opponent will be given two full minutes to answer in an additional 30 seconds if they just need to quick finish a thought. Uh, some of these questions could be complicated. We want to be fair to everybody. And in the, if you're, the guy that asked the question is not satisfied, they will be given up to 30 seconds to rebut. Okay? Okay. Now, I don't expect you're going to need a full minute to ask your question, but I have to put a limit on it. Okay. So, I'm going to give them a minute or two to sort out their questions. If you all have your questions done, please hand them back to Jim and Dan so they can start reviewing them. We're, we're just going to kill about a minute or two here to give these guys a chance to write down their questions. Now, the goal, the whole goal of this is not to slam on a candidate, not to, you know, make light of a candidate, but merely to show differences of policy. There are plenty of opportunities for that on these things. Okay? So when you guys are ready, just uh, give me the thumbs up and we'll start. Jim, do you need another minute there or so? And you can choose to not use your time. Okay, uh, who would like to go first? Uh, I'll go. Uh, Jim, this question's for you. I just please uh, use your mic. Oh, sorry, sorry. Jim, this question's for you. You've told some that you don't have time to go to Austin, so please expand on that. I told people I don't have time to go to Austin. Yes, sir. Oh, well, I don't ever remember saying that. Uh, that's what people are telling me. I just I would love to hear your explanation of that. Oh, well, I could go to Austin. If, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't understand the question. There's, I, I've never I think said it that. was the, the work issue with, with going there. Okay, I'm going to call this asked and answered. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine going to Austin. I own my own firm. I can go really wherever I want to go. Okay. Uh, Mr. Frazier, would you like to, like to ask your second question, or would you like to reserve that? Uh, I'll reserve it. 
Mr. Chabot, are you ready? I am, and right, I'd like to pose the same uh, question to both candidates. Um, we're all on the same team, uh, and I'll take my full minute here to describe this first. Uh, if you look around Collin County, how many of you are worried Collin County is going to turn blue? Yeah, you should be, right? You really, we, we should be, but why? If you look at the exit polling between Beto and Cruz in 2018, more native Texans voted for the Democrat, which is quite shocking. More of those that are moving to Texas are voting conservative. They're coming here for the freedoms of what you have, so how do we not lose that? And so my question, and look, there is no right or wrong answer. This is not a stump uh, the chump question. But how do we as party leaders build our party, push back, and not only maintain our Republican seats, but lead by example throughout the state to pull in independents, the blue dog Democrats, and everybody who is pro-life, wants to keep nonsense out of schools, good paying jobs here, the bottom line, why do people move to Texas and how do we keep it that way? And that would be my question, gentlemen, is how do we as a team work on that regardless of the outcome of this race? Yeah, yeah I got 30 seconds. No, you've got two, two minutes to answer the question. Oh, okay, that, this one's an easy one because I've been asked this question a lot. How many here in this room are on a board for anything? Okay, how many are you on any type of city or county boards? There's two hands in this room. There's two hands, but everybody's in a Republican club. Do you see where I'm going with this? I had this question asked a while ago at uh, the pantry at a meeting. We had 238 candidates show up for the, for the boards and commissions for the city. Do you know how many of y'all are on those boards? How many of you guys are on any of the school boards? School, scale, school anything? How many, how many Democrats do we have on school boards? Okay, do you see where I'm going with this? There is the problem. It's not those boards, it's us. We're not getting involved in the right places. We need to get involved in the right places to make the differences. If we're not getting involved in the right places, we can't make the difference. What did we start when, this was a few years ago, so most of you know this, from the schoolhouse to the White House. Remember that saying? From the schoolhouse to the White House. So we have to do that by getting on boards. We have to get that getting involved. We have to get do that by staying our leadership on both sides. We can't just go to our club meetings. That's like the biker group always just going to the biker. You got to do stuff outside of that normal feeling, that place of where you feel safe. You've got to take it somewhere else. You've got to turn what you want here there. And if you're not doing that, but you're complaining about it on Facebook all day long, you're not doing any service to any of us. We have got to do something about that. We have got to make the difference here to go to there. Does that help? Thank you. I think part of what's going on in the Republican Party is there's a lot of people in the Republican Party that don't believe in the Republican Party platform. Uh, just like tonight, you guys are all out here and you need to be vetting us and listening very carefully to what we're saying. I mean, we've got people on school boards with the R behind their name and they don't act like it. We got people on city councils, we got people in the state legislature with R's behind their name and they say they believe in the Republican Party platform. They say all the right things but they fold like a deck of cards when they get to Austin. So what we have to do as Republicans is vet our candidates very, very carefully. No more letting them get in just because you like them or because they're popular or because they're handsome 
or because they're old like me. Okay, we've got to vet these people to make sure that we're putting the right people in office and they have to have a track record of having fought for Republican principles so you know when they go to Austin, they'll stand for what you believe in and they'll listen to you. And I refer to you guys as the little people because that's the way I feel we are. We're not being heard and we need to be heard and I will go down there and be your voice. Thank you. Um, Mr. Herblin, Jim. I think it's your turn to ask a question. Okay. Um, to both of you, uh, why, what qualifies you historically to prove to these folks here in this room that you would go to Austin and stand for them? Either one of you can go first. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Many of us don't know each other, and some of us know each other quite well. Uh, I think you got to judge a person by their character and by their heart. And hopefully you get to see some of that uh, in these races. How we run our races is largely how we live our lives, we would hope. Or if not, it shows us room for improvement. Um, look, I retired law enforcement 20 years in the Navy. When we were in Iraq, or when I was a deputy sheriff calling for backup, you wanted that help to come. And you also knew there was a small, finite number of people that would come and put their life on the line for that. Now, I have no pension. I worked free for 21 years as a reserve deputy sheriff. I'll be retiring here out of the Navy shortly, uh, but no pension until I'm 59. And I, I know some of you think I'm 12. That means I got a long way to go, but no, not that many years. But I think, you know, for all of us up here, you know, we're, we're fighting because we love Texas. We want to make sure we keep this state strong. Uh, and I'm running because my background has always been against the wall, always fighting uh, for what I believe in, regardless of the odds, regardless of friendships. It's so that I can go home, look my kids in the eye, and that when I leave this earth, hopefully up top, they'll say, job well done. So I hope I can earn your trust uh, by election day and that you will see me as a fighter who's been there on the front lines with no pay, but to do it for love of country and for love of all of mankind. Thank you. Well, my journey started a long time ago doing legislative work because many, like many of you in your clubs, <laughs> you want the job. <laughs> it, uh, you know, sometimes those, there you get the job when you step, in, you step up and start doing it. I stepped up 16 years ago doing legislation for the state, stepped up 16 years ago making a coalition with, with law enforcement and others in public safety to try to figure out how we could do it better. I know I see Sammy Knapp in the room. Sammy's been uh, included in our TLEC meetings that I put together four sessions ago so law enforcement would be educated. Not the, far, not the fact that there's not education in that room, it's the fact that we always have somebody working against us, whether it's lobby groups or whether it's the, the folks there that just don't want to see our bills passed, or we've got the Democrats that don't want those bills passed at all, and they want more stipulations and everything we can do in law enforcement, and you've seen what it's done to places like Austin. So what can I do to make the difference down there? I've been doing it. You've seen five priority bills passed by me in the last five sessions. Some legislators have never passed a priority bill in their entire life. They're still talking about trying to get one. All those bills came out of my mind. All those bills were my passion. 
TLEC was my passion, putting people together. Everyone that's always told me, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. I've defied every single one of them. This is another position. You can't do that. I'm going to sit here and show you and be, and be the person that you want to represent you in HD 61. The person when you say, we need this finished. I want you to finish this bill. We, there's always people you send to Austin that do, no, that do nothing. And most of the time, those are the folks that vote no on everything. They vote no and never get a bill passed in their entire career. And what did that do for your community? What did that do for your HD 61? Nothing. You didn't even pass a bill. So if you want the person to go down there and fight for you, he's sitting right here. He's got the mic and he's talking loud and he's walking tough because I can do the job. I don't care what they say when I walk through a door. I don't care what they think. I want, to, I want the job to do it for you. Almost sound like a rap song there at the end. I was going to join in. I, was, I, was trying to I get, liked it. I was trying to get it all together. So I'm but killing time while they're pulling up yeah, questions. Okay, so. <laughs> Just a few more cowbell next time. So, uh, did you have a last question, Frederick? Yes, I did. Please. You, did, you only asked one, right? Yeah, we're done. You got to ask two questions? I'll, I'll, I'll that's all pass. Good. Okay. Yeah, pass. Okay. I now have some questions from the audience. There are two here. Uh, they are directed at one individual. So I'm going to pause on that for just a second. These questions were submitted from the audience. You'll have two minutes to answer. If you bring up one of your opponent's names, they will be given 30 seconds to rebut or respond, or however you want to phrase that. If at the end of your two minutes, you need you know, 10, 20 seconds, whatever, to finish out your thought, we're not going to beat you up on it. Fair enough? Yes? Okay, very good. First question. Do you support a mask, vaccine, or other COVID-19 mandates? And this is to each of you. So you'll have two minutes to answer. And whoever would like to start, feel free. Now it's the mandate, mask, and COVID-19, right? So basically, would you support a mask mandate, a vaccine mandate, or any other mandate in regards to COVID-19? No, I would not. And there, we've shown, we've already, you know, when, where we started with this and where we've gone is completely a different place. And everyone thinks that, well, what happened? Well, if you go back and you look, I mean, the president shut down the country. The President Trump shut down the country. It didn't shut down here. It shut down at the president level. I know I was working at the time at the White House. I was on his commission. I was there part of it because we were getting shut down. Uh, our, our travel ban was being put in. Everything was done. Nobody on this planet knew what was about to happen. Not one person. And when you come back around and now you look at what we have, does anybody think we have what we have was working? No. I mean, did everyone just get COVID again? And it, it, there's, I don't support the mandate. I don't support the, 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 uh, the mask. I, 
I just, I, I had a, one of our attorneys last week was wearing a mask, and he sent me a text message because I was teasing with him. He goes, well, I got COVID and I was wearing the mask. And I said, well, there you go. I, 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 uh, if, if an individual wants to wear one, I can completely get it. We've got folks out there. My mother-in-law is one of them. She needs to be careful. She needs to be at a place where she needs to be careful. This would kill her. And there's several thousand millions people that are like that. So we have to take that into effect. We, are, we have to listen to what their concerns are. But making anything a mandate, I do not, I do not, that's not where we need to go. The mask, anything, it's, we're, we're pushing through all that. We just need to push through this and get, get it over with. That's, that's where I'm at with it. So no on all the above and uh, for very significant reasons. One, this is America. We don't do these things at, at all. And I think that what has happened, research has shown, is harming our society. Just to give you an idea, mental health implications right now with our kids where they see no facial expressions in schools that's still locked down. And by the way, if you can believe it, there are schools that are still locking down, states that are still forcing uh, mandates. Imagine if you were told three years ago that you had to show a vaccine card uh, and wear a mask to go into a place to eat, would you have thought that was the United States of America? The bigger picture, ladies and gentlemen, it's called the slippery slope. And that right now you've got a segment of the society that has become numb and accepta acceptable to that. Nazi Germany was no different. It's called groupthink. Convincing an entire segment of people, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So for our kids, guess what? Drug overdoses in Texas from last year are up 30%. Just from one year alone. Suicides are up. My Navy shipmates, all 100% of them that put in for a religious exemption away from the shot, were denied and then punitively punished, including a mother who just gave birth and was breastfeeding. But yet, if you're a new recruit going into the military, you can request a religious exemption and they will bypass on many of these vaccines. They are doing this now to hurt you. And that is un-American and that's why we need to stand up, not just be against them, but speak out loudly about how un-American it is of what we see. And that is the fight that we have because thank God we live in a Republican state. Otherwise, we could look like these other states where we are forced masks and our kids, and I guarantee you, us in this room, talk about a revolution uh, for our country and our kids, I know you all, and we would fight that. Right? That's right. Thank you. And I truly believe in liberty, and uh, my wife and I have been thrown out of restaurants for not putting our mask on. I wear it as a chin strap if I'm going to wear it at all. Um, I would never support a mandate for masks or for a vaccine. That's totally against everything we stand for as Americans and as Texans. So you can rest assured that I would never be in support of anything like that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I am going to change the rule because I can. And... Uh, I'm an elected official now, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so this question's pretty simple, and it needs to be short, okay? And I think most of you already touched on it, so it's just a chance to reiterate it, okay? What is the one thing you think that qualifies you most to do this job? We're going to give you one minute. Um, I guess we'll do this all over again, but yes, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you. You know, I've been down there testifying on bills. 
and, and a lot of times I don't testify, I testify on bills that are not even uh, pertinent to what I'm down there for. I'll give you an example, marijuana bill. I've testified against the marijuana bill over and over and over. If you don't know, the marijuana that is coming into our towns, our country, and in our, our state uh, is sometimes 300 times the difference of marijuana that, that was 20 years ago. That marijuana that goes into school, whether it comes in a package of gummies or it comes in a lollipop or it comes in however it comes, it comes over here and it's been, it's been a detriment to, to society. It's been a detriment to places like Portland. It's been a detriment to places like Denver. Places that it's passed and, and been on the street, it has shown a huge factor in the school systems there. And it's been a problem. And so I testified on that bill several times because folks are like, why are you even messing with this? I said, because back home, I don't want it. Back home, I know my people don't want it. And so that's why. Paul, would you like to go next? I do, and I want to follow that up by thanking Mr. Frazier for those comments. That's a passionate issue of mine, so well done. And when I'm elected, I'd like you to come testify with me down there. <laughs> no, gr great, great. Good luck. Thank you. You know, uh, <laughs> beautiful job. Glad to see us on the same page. That's a critical issue. All right. Uh, I think, you know, life experience matters. We all have different life experiences of what we bring to this job. Uh, my life uh, was not always easy. If, uh, on my website, we posted a video about my, my life. When I was uh, eight, my dad went to jail, ended up hating the cops, uh, went through drug rehab, got in trouble, ran away from home, uh, but put myself through school as a paper boy, held three routes. We grew up dirt poor, no air conditioning, no heating, just the uh, rabbit ears to point down to the Cajon Pass to pick up cops on Sunday night, and that was it. Uh, but through that, neither my single mom or my single grandmother ever took government assistance. They taught me how to pick myself up through the bootstraps. I put myself through college, put myself through the sheriff's academy at night. I failed every standardized test, ACT, SAT, LSAT, but I got a BA, a master's, and a doctorate. It's about not giving up. It's about leading by example. Uh, what you get with me is I've stood against the majority, and I've stood for the right thing. And what we have to do is send people to Austin who are not uh, open to just going along with the club. There's too many go-along-to-get-along politicians in Austin. I've never been that way. My record proves it. I mentioned earlier when I sat on a school board in Richardson, I was on the opposite end of those, of those votes. I, I've gone to my local school board and spoken out about what's going on. I mean, there's things in our schools, and nobody's going and talking. Nobody's saying anything. So we talk about leadership, but, but when are you going to step out and go do something? I've done it. You can get it with me. Mom, my mother told me I was 10 going on 40, and that's just the way it is. I'm not looking for a fight, but there are fights out there, folks, that need to be taken. And we've got to have people who are going to be willing to say, I don't think so. That's not right. And we take a stand and do the right thing. Okay. This is a targeted question. I did not write this. Mr. Frazier, and, and I won't speak to the validity or truth to it either. It's just somebody else's question. It'll revert to the previous rules. You'll have two minutes to respond, and if, if he should mention someone else, they get 30 seconds, and he'll have 30 seconds at the end of the two minutes if he feels he needs it. That's no problem. The Democrats have endorsed the entire McKinney City Council. Have you ever been endorsed by the Democrats while you were in city council? I guess is a real short answer, actually. But. Yeah, that's actually a false. Uh, whoever wrote that's not correct. I've never been endorsed by the Democrats. Uh, I, and I know several others that have not been endorsed by the Democrats. I, who I replaced was Tracy Rath, 
she had not been endorsed by the Democrats. So the answer, and I don't need two minutes, I have not been endorsed by the Democrats, or has everyone on the council been endorsed by the Democrats? So that, that's the easiest, that's, that's all I have on that. Fair enough. This question is for all the candidates. What, and I think we already touched on this as well, particularly you, Mr. Frazier, so if you would like to stand on your previous answer, that'd be fine, your call. What is an example of you building a coalition against something bad or good? I'll, I'll finish because I've got, I've got another example that building a coalition that is uh, that I'm extremely proud of, the 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 T Light group that we built that has the you know every law enforcement realm in the state of Texas in it now uh, is something that is is a group that you you can stand on and sit there and look at when a politician and Jim said something very good you got the get along come along group that's at the Capitol you do and you know exactly who they are, and they think they can do whatever they want and get everything rammed down without you or even caring. Nine times out of ten, they, won't even, they wouldn't even have come bothered to ask us what we thought. They would have just passed the bill and just said, you know, stick it, you know, sorry. You know, that's what we always would get. Well, we changed the rules on them. We put real people, we put real boots on the ground. We put real individuals in a room that mattered that carried the weight of the world, that carried the weight of the folks out there, those officers and those people that were actually working. I'm a true officer. I'm still working. I put my boots on in the morning and go to work. I take, I'm taking time off for the election right now, but that's just part of it. But I'm, I'm not the guy that it, it's retired. I'm not the guy that, that, it, it's, that, that played cop. I'm the guy that's actually out there being the cop. I'm doing, I'm kicking in doors, I'm getting bad people, I'm watching the fentanyl flow in from the Mexican border like you've never seen it before. I'm watching the sex trafficking come in, the, the bodies being moved here, and it's coming right here in Collin County. You've heard Sheriff Skinner talk about it, and you've heard many others talk about it. It is right here in front of you. So building those coalitions to make sure that our public safety is strong, because there's a couple of things you want right now. You want your electricity on, you want your taxes to be fixed, and you want to call 911, and you want what? You want us to come. You want us to come, and you want us to come as fast as possible when you need us. Well, other cities are losing that, and I'm not going to let us lose that in Collin County. I'll use my two minutes to uh, answer that with two different examples. Uh, the first one would be with drugs. In uh, Texas, when I got here, I saw the youth drug trends uh, pretty stark, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, overdoses. We got the highest youth rate of drugs here in this state, many states for that matter, since the 60s. So I created Coalition Drug-Free uh, Texas and Coalition Drug-Free McKinney and also Texas Calm, Texas Conservatives Against Legalizing Marijuana. Brings together 12 sectors of the community, education, prevention, treatment, enforcement, recovery, working together all at a seat at the table because we all touch these various areas of a problem to A, most importantly, measurably reduce that problem. If we're not measurably reducing, then we're failing. we got to admit failure. Next one would be in Iraq. Uh, when I worked as an intelligence officer for uh, Stanley McChrystal, the Black Spec Op, and watched these uh, young soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and I was given the honor of creating a human interagency task force of targeting uh, very sinister groups at a top secret SCI level, which then became an unclassified paper, which you can read today about bringing together the FBI, our state and local partners, and all of our international allies from the Brits to the Aussies working together during the surge in Iraq when many of our men and women were dying. 
So yes, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a history of building coalitions and will continue to do so in Austin. Thank you. Well, you guys are very impressive. I don't think I've ever done anything quite like that. I've built coalitions here locally. You've never done any black ops? No, I haven't done any of that. Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, come on. We, we'll, no. Well, it makes two all right, all right. That's it. Jim has the floor. But what I've done here in Collin County, I mean, I've been here since 1996. I've been involved in politics. I've been involved in the Republican Party. Um, here recently, I went around and talked to all of these precinct chairs to try and make something happen at the state house. Okay, I'm the guy that stood up against the current incumbent and he basically resigned after I got 80% of the precinct chairs to endorse us. Um, so those are the kind of coalitions I've done. I haven't done whatever you did, Paul, and whatever you did, um, Frederick. Uh, I'm just a local guy and that's what we need to do. We need to take our party back and weed it out. We've had a big tent theory for too long and it's time it gets cleaned up. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to change the conditions of the answer again because this can probably be summarized in five words or less, okay? Will you support the removal of the obscenities exemption, exemption excuse me, from Texas to stop the sex ed as it is now in our schools? Absolutely. Would you repeat that question? Would you remove the removal of the obscenities exemption from the Texas law to stop gotcha. sex ed the way it's currently taught in our schools? Thank you, yes. Yes. Okay. This is another directed question. I'm going to modify it slightly because I just want to get to the crux of the matter. Mr. Frazier, when you served on the city council, what did you do to push back on any issue? I don't know if you guys ever heard of that statue. Well, the only reason it's not moved is because of me. That statue would have been moved a long time ago if you'd have let it happen. And let me tell you, that was a pure passion of mine. That statue belongs to all of us. That statue belongs to every single person in Collin County. Throckmorton not only was a patriot, but he was also our, go our governor. His portrait is sitting at the, at the Capitol right now on the third floor over on the west side. I took a picture of it and I sent it to every one of my councilmates when those decisions were starting to be talked about, about removal of that statue. I was the only one that reached out to the actual Throckmorton family that live in Houston. Someone didn't want to talk to them. I talked to them, told them what was going on here to get involved. Had not one person from the county contact me, and we have a commissioner sitting in the room. Nobody did their research that that land sitting right there can't actually be moved. And the land that they wanted to put it on over the Collin County Museum, guess who owns that? The county. You can't put it there because the county is not going to let you put it there. No one wanted to do their research on moving that statue. No one wanted to do, hold the line on that statue. And you know how much hate mail and emails and messages I got from people from all over the country about that statue. And you know how much I cared? Not one damn. Because that statue belongs to you. And there needs to be a bill 
There was a bill a few years ago, Brandon Creighton tried to pass it, Senator Brandon Creighton out of Conroe, Texas. Brandon tried to pass a bill, and I helped him every inch of the way to try to pass it, is that the people where those statues or those monuments are from need to be voted on by those people. And that's the way we should get that bill fixed and put it back in, because that does not belong to a city council. Thank you, Mr. Frazier. Okay. Uh, next question for all the candidates. What three things, if elected, would you want to change first? And this time we'll start on the other side so Frederick can catch his breath here. <laughs> the top three issues for me are education, election integrity, and the border. And you can put those in any order you want. Education is key to me because I feel it's destroying our children. And many adults are sitting back idly and, idly and doing nothing. And, and I'm just passionate about that. I don't know if it's because I was on the school board before, but it just comes flowing through via education legislation. And nobody looks at it. They just pass it, and it goes on through. And then here we are 30 years later, and we're being totally destroyed talking about things in schools that to me is just utter insanity. Uh, election integrity, for the life of me, I don't know how that cannot be a felony. I don't know how anybody would ever vote for that to be a misdemeanor. Um, there's probably nobody in this room that knows uh, the actual cheating that's going on, but you know what? People are uncomfortable about it, and it needs to be audited, and we need to get on this thing and make sure that if there is cheating, it's just as little as can be possible, but the unknown is the worst. Okay, we're in a situation now with these computers. We don't know if they're deleting votes or not. You know, I've always thought, I've always been told, you know, I do a lot of forensic work, and I've always been told, hey, you can delete what you want off that computer, but the IT guy is going to find it. 